this year. We build off of that with an additional 15 million in uh, new funding for schools. Uh, as has been uh, discussed, that funding is in a currently in a, a reserve within our non-departmental uh, pending uh, the adoption and submission of schools budget um, to the to the administration and city council. Uh, I know we've had a lot of questions recently about the difference between what was submitted versus what is needed for the for the budget submission. Just as for awareness, um, we have received the following attached letter from the school board chair with the um, the broader buckets. Um, if you look through past budget, excuse me, Mr. Saunders, yes, are you able to enlarge these pages at all? So they're pretty small. Um, I would say that um, probably would be hard to do on the screen. Okay. I would just say yeah, from, a, from a high level on the left, we received a very long, you know, we received a kind of a, the, the general fund and special revenue fund budgets for schools. We are still waiting for the more line itemed. Um, it's not, I would say, not line item from a specific expenditure, but the breakdown in categories um, that I believe um, has also been kind of clarified by the city attorney as far as what those those categories are and, and, and need to be for the city's budget. Just would encourage council to go back and look at prior uh, budget books to look at kind of how we, we show the breakdowns between personnel operating transportation expenditures um, at the city budget level, not at the line item level that you would see at the at the school system. Um, in addition, though, to our operating funding for schools, we, we do maintain our capital investment in schools. Um, since 2013, we've invested roughly 312 million in, in schools capital. Um, and in our 2023 to 2027 CIP, we continue our commitment with $200 million for school construction, as well as $10 million in capital maintenance funding. I do believe the uh, school system is, is slated to receive an additional $6 million on July 1, um, I believe from the state for uh, school capital maintenance as well that can support uh, additional needs. Looking ahead, um, I want to spend a minute on this this slide here, and I do believe this is the last one I promise before turning it over to questions. But um, we are proud of what has been able to be done uh, in this introduced budget. We're proud of what uh, investments are made in our employees and in uh, our our community overall. Um, but there is much more that we need to do when we're ready to look into the future um, with a new lens and with the uh, help of additional uh, leadership that we have in place within the administration to focus on many of these key areas. First, um, automation by investing in IT, uh, supporting upgrades to either existing systems or, or system replacements where necessary. Also looking at um, simply enhancing automation. We have a lot of manual processes that can and should be automated to save staff time and um, enhance accuracy. We're also gonna to continue to look into smart cities concepts and, and similar sorts of technology uh, synergies and investments. We're gonna to work to be more business friendly uh, by continuing to improve our permitting department, creating an economic development incentive program and pursuing economic development deals. Um, Diamond District is just one of the many opportunities we have for redevelopment and economic development growth within the city. We're going to continue our focus on comprehensive compensation reform. Um, we're looking this year through the additional uh, staff and capacity to be able to study the salaries and, and um, payments for our general employees. 
Um, we are excited about the, the results of the pay plan study that was completed for our sworn employees and fire, and we need to continue to do the same for general employees to make sure that we uh, maintain market competitiveness. We're also looking uh, into the future to, to pursue performance-based merit increases um, and continue to look for uh, enhanced healthcare coverage as well as other incentives um, to reward our hardworking employees. We'll continue to focus on data-driven decisions by building capacity in the budget office to conduct those, those studies and um, to evaluate whether our rate and fee structures are at the appropriate levels um, for a city of our size and, and, and what we offer. We'll continue to look at revenue con collections, um, which have taken a hit during the pandemic, but will need to continue to um, be brought up to, to the levels that they'll need to be. We're going to look uh, to access our, our employees and uh, to ensure we have inclusion at all levels of city uh, employment and to therefore also um, support enhanced recruitment and automation of recruitment. Um, overall, though, I would just continue to reemphasize that um, we are looking to take it, bring an employee focus uh, to our city administration and to create more employee focused programs. Um, and updating our personnel rules and policies um, to better support our employees. Thank you, uh, Mr. Saunders. Thank you very yes. much. I, I do have um, before you depart. So thank you for the presentation thus far. And I would like to uh, entertain questions at this point. Councilwoman Lambert. Thank you, Madam President. Um, and thank you, Mr. Saunders, for this um, in informative presentation. Um, if by chance we can get a copy sent to all councilors, please. Okay. And one thing that um, in this presentation you did not mention that was brought up in the media recently was the, I guess the colas for our retirees. Um, I just want to know: is there any game plan on addressing that? Um, since you talked about employee focus, as well as what we're doing to you know, rectify that for the future, since I know there wasn't any in this budget. Thank you. Um, that is a very important question, uh, Councilwoman Lambert. Uh, we um, certainly uh, want to do everything we can to take care of our, our retirees as well as our employees as part of a promise we made to them. The number one thing that, um, well, let me reframe that. Our, our strong focus right now is to complete the analysis we're doing of how the city could um, get into the VRS system. Um, as I've gone around and talked to employees, that would be a tremendous benefit to our existing employees and I believe allow us to better support our existing retirees. Um, doing that analysis with VRS and beginning those discussions about what the costs and actions we would need to take um, has caused us to, to essentially want to put a pause on um, putting any colas that would change that analysis at this time um, and look to the future and do that. There are, um, you know, repercussions to COLAs. It drops our funding status, which would make it more cost prohibitive to enter VRS. Um, and, you know, additionally, you know, but I do think there are ways that we can support our retirees and we're going to continue to explore those. But I would just say that, you know, the VRS conversation is something we'll be wanting to have with both our employees and council over the next year. It's not something yeah. that should be a not it, it meant to be an indefinite delay in those conversations, um, but it is work that's actively ongoing and that we're looking to complete before making any recommendations to council on um, COLAs or otherwise that would change our funding status and um, 
in, in our ratings within our retirement system. So, so your timeline is about a year. Um, we, we're, we're doing the work now. I mean, we know that with a VRS conversion, you don't kind of just flip the switch on one day. It's going to be right. a period of time before we would even get to being able to open and enter into the system. But um, that work started several months ago. It is underway now. We're going to continue. We're we're pushing to, um, you know, it would be my goal that we're having serious conversations about VRS over the next year. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Madam President. Thank, Thank you. Members, are there any other questions for Mr. Saunders at this time? Mr. Saunders, I want to say thank you. This has been, I think I saw one hand. Vice President Robertson, did I see you? I'm trying. Uh, my hand is heavy, I guess. It won't really come up. No, I kind of blinked in and out. I wasn't sure if that, please, if you would. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Um, thank you, Mr. Saunders, for this presentation um, and overview of the budget and um, the clarity of priorities that have been established as a part of the budget. I'm grateful that we are um, making some very good progress as it relates to looking at our staff, our employees, um, and hoping that we will be able to keep that as a priority of the city uh, going forward and um, that we will not, I know revenue and the revenue that we uh, have coming in, the uncertainty, as you mentioned, uh, with what's going on right now in Ukraine and not knowing what the outcomes of some of that may be and the impact that it will have on all of us. Um, I commend you for the contingency plan, um, but I would like to, I have a few questions that I'd like to go through, Madam Chair, um, and I'll be more than happy to try to put this um, in writing so that we can get answers to these questions. So, um, but to start off, Mr. Saunders, I'm interested in knowing, uh, I know some time back, Right um, as we were beginning to come out of um, the shutdown from COVID, uh, the council adopted uh, legislation that asked the administration to look at the pros and cons of our, bis our operations and the uh, staffing that was working remote versus those that were working in-house and whether or not there were potential um, savings and whether or not there was an opportunity and asked that we look at um, what we've learned from that process and what kind of reform of operations that we could put in place that would be um, more productive, maybe cost savings, may indicated to us that there was really a need for a greater investment that maybe cost us more, but in the long run, uh, whether or not we would be looking at a different model of how our employees uh, work and work remote or work within the offices. So I don't know that we received a presentation back in response to that uh, legislation. Um, was hoping that we would have that done uh, to be incorporated in this budget. Um, I'd like to just hear from you as to where we are 
how important it is from what has been done so far and whether or not it's going to be something that significantly alter um, our, our process of operations. Um, yes, Mr. Saunders, if you are able to provide sure. at least some uh, summary relative to progress in addressing that, and then if not, you know, we understand you may have to get back to us with um, greater specificity, but any uh, summary in terms of where you might be. Okay, so then with that, Madam Chair, if you will, um, if you would prefer that I just give you some broad questions and let Mr. Uh, Summers get back with us, that's fine. Um, if you don't, I'm happy to answer okay. to my ability at the moment. It just uh, many of these will require, I think, additional follow up and, and info as we move forward. But I'm happy to kind of um, share initial res response if that's okay, President Newville. Yeah, so um, Vice President, I think it, to the extent that the administration does have anything to share at this point, we'd like to hear, but just knowing that there may be need to get back with greater specificity. So um, let's proceed. Certainly. Um, I would say it's a it's a critical and important question, um, Mr. Robinson, Vice President Robertson, that, that you asked, and that was reflected in that um, the resolution and the request. I would say that um, uh, First, I would just say that the, the work environment is still shifting and we haven't um, necessarily stabilized uh, in between as far as the balance between in-person and um, telework. At the same time, we have already started the conversation internally within, uh, started with our HR department on uh, clearly setting and establishing what that um, new model uh, can and should be. We have a tremendous number of employees currently um, with uh, established telework policies or excuse me, telework um, agreements with their supervisors and directors. Um, we will continue to utilize telework as a, as a critical resource uh, where needed and where applicable. Not every job is eligible for telework. Um, and so ensuring that we have equity in, uh, in that is, is important as well. Um, I believe that uh, our space needs assessment that is meant that is going to be part of our effort towards um, understanding what uh, our needs will be for city uh, facilities and space um, is going to have, you know, uh, it's going to look very different today than it would if we had conducted it uh, in the years prior to the pandemic. Um, we are also, as we've mentioned, during the ARPA discussions, looking at the community centers uh, that have been approved by council for um, the four, you know, uh, new and, and renovated centers uh, as being opportunities for many city halls and for those models to be areas where, you know, you may look at having um, more, more representation of city services uh, throughout the community is rather centralized in, you know, a single city hall or, or downtown. So, um, there's a lot that's going to go into that that answer, and uh, the work is ongoing. But um, we certainly are are very focused on the opportunities that telework and this kind of um, new environment creates for uh, localities like ours. Okay. And Thank then, you. if I could just speak briefly to just I, I'm sorry, but I didn't mean to cut you off. But the um, your your initial comments about the focus on employees and hope that we. We stay focused there. I just wanted to, to reiterate that that, is ab that absolutely um, is and, and has to be a, a, a continued focus. 
um, whether it be, you know, um, market rate increases or, or general wage increases or um, market pay studies and um, annual funding or annual steps. Um, these are not uh, nice things to do. These are the cost of doing business for a government like ours. We have to be committed to them, not in one year, but every year and to find ways to be able to plan and prepare for um, the fact that, you know, we can, uh, economic downturns are inevitable and there will be years where revenues are tighter than others. Uh, at the same time, um, uh, we cannot ask our employees to go as long as uh, they have historically without wage adjustments and, and steps. Um, we have to continue to invest in our employees. Yeah, okay, thank, thank you, you. Uh, for that. And I, um, so um, I, I'm, I'm asking that question for a couple of reasons because I do know that what we've experienced over the past years, um, we have made decisions as to whether or not we are going to increase salaries based on many factors. But um, at the end of the day, the employees really don't have much of a voice if we receive a budget with no increase in salaries. Um, and that's what has been the consequences uh, because it's extremely difficult to go back and try to um, readjust a balanced budget by council members and, and maintain a balanced budget and find revenues for salary increases. So um, I think where I'm going with this, Ms. Uh, Madam President, is that, you know, how the city perhaps can create a policy that requires us to do certain things um, as it relates to employee pay and so forth. Um, sure. Give us more um, of a, you know, regulatory requirement um, in that process. Um, the other questions that I have, and I do but, have many, uh, Madam President. So, and right, and that's where I was. Would like to ask though before we proceed to the next uh, questions is that we previously also passed legislation that requested that every department, I think it was every department, would have as a part of their budget submittal um, a plan of action of how their department was going to work uh, to fulfill the city's. Uh, policy of reducing poverty. Um, and I'm not sure that I'm clearly being able to articulate or see where that is in the budget. Um, and I don't need an answer right now, but I would like an answer to that. Um, so, and Vice President, if you would just please articulate the questions, but Mr. Saunders, if you would then commit to getting back with written responses just so that you can hear them. I, before we, Vice President, um, um, Councilwoman Jordan, did you have a question relative to Vice President's first inquiry? I did not. I have separate questions. Thank you. Okay. Um, Vice President, please continue. Um, Madam President, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit um, uncertain as to what is the best process to proceed. Um, uh, so what I will do is make a list of the questions that I have and forward that would them be great. To, um, um, to Mr. Saunders and to uh, Ms. Davis. That uh, would be great. And, uh, and we'll take it from there. 
Uh, Vice President, thank you. I think that would be very helpful. And then those questions and the responses can be shared with all members uh, also. Uh, so thank you for that. I appreciate that. Okay, Mr. Saunders, you can expect that to come your way um, fairly shortly. Um, Councilwoman Jordan, you had a separate question. I do. Thank you so much. I have three questions and I'll come up for air after each one if others have questions. Um, the first one, so the City Hall replacement um, and the $10 million for planning for that and the two other large capital investments. Um, I, I don't think that we have voted to proceed with that. So could we have a presentation sooner rather than later on that thinking? Because, um, you know, I've seen two different figures on what the deferred maintenance is on for City Hall. One was 50, one was like 160 million. Um, if it's 50 million, I would you know, much rather us tackle taking care of this building than investing in a replacement. So that was my, my first comment. Thank you. Yes, it has not. This is a part of Mr. Saunders, do you outlook your over it? This is a part of what is being proposed uh, for the FY23. Uh, Mr. Saunders, please. The, the point of the planning fund, which is, is modeled off of a state program that um, was, was done a few years back, is to give the administration the opportunity to actually um, fully fully vet and study some of these options. So clearly we're, we're putting in the ones that we are starting with and we're looking for council feedback. Then the idea would be able to, to bring instead of, you know, currently if we were to say, um, let's just even, let's take the courthouse as being one that we believe, you know, is going to need to move forward in, in some form or fashion. Um, and, and our best guess is between 100 and 150 million. Well, ideally we'd like to be able to bring council a actual, you know, where we've done, you know, um, enough analysis and, and, and results and surveys to be able to say with more confidence that it is, let's say it's 130 million versus 100 and, and 150 or uh, we thought it was 130 and it's going to be 100. We, we need to be able to bring back to council um, some greater, uh, I think, certainty in what and how uh, we would need to take on a capital project of this um, magnitude and based on the way our capital funding is structured. And again, I, I should probably say, let's have a full briefing on this. I would be glad to have our DCA walk us through how this funding will work. But um, it has enabled us to, to have greater planning on the front end so we can bring you a capital project um, with, with, a, with a hard estimate or hard cost expectations that council can then at that time choose to go forward with or not. Okay, um, thank you. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm balking at is the, the size of that figure on projects that you haven't had a temperature check vote on. Thank you. Well, so it's it's a it's a combined 10 million that would have uh, and again, but the temper check is also meant to, to come forward in this conversation with council about the status from the planning fund. Um, you know, the the courthouse, the campus uh, and city hall are all things that are needed from uh, uh, we need a plan for it um, with city hall. The. Um, I believe the estimation of repairing of just the pipes is um, between 16 and 20 million. Um, the so we need to be able to, to do enough planning to bring council with for either options or a proposal to be to, to then decision on. The 10 million is structured as essentially as a line of credit or revolving line that would be replenished as we move forward 
uh, or not with with capital projects. Um, we can certainly go in more detail on this, but uh, at the end of the day, um, uh, I I always unfortunately like to make the joke that it, I believe it was the day the mayor nominated me as um, chief administrative officer that we flooded the council offices, which is a auspicious start, um, including the council president's office. Um, we have needs within this facility that are going to need to be addressed from a, a stability and um, uh, and you know just just broadly you know functionality of this facility. Thank you, um, Councilwoman Jordan. Did you have additional questions at this point for Mr. Saunders? I do, unless others are ready to jump in. Um, I don't see any others, and I do want to uh, be mindful we do have another presentation as well. So if you would proceed, that would be great. And okay. just, to, just to put a pin in the last one, yes. Ms. Saunders, to know that further discussion regarding this particular item that Councilwoman Jordan has raised relative to this funding, uh, the full body would look forward to uh, in the future. Uh, we would certainly yep. put this on the list of things we would like to present on in more detail. Awesome. The, that would be great. Okay, so I, my my other two questions, which I'm happy to receive follow up on via email to council, would be the the police fleet purchases. If those are able to be hybrid, um, you know, especially when we're looking at just really shocking increases in fuel cost. And I do know that the interceptors now do have a hybrid option. And then uh, regarding the utility, um, our Richmond gas utility, um, trying to better understand what the costs are that in in their planning to potentially move to Fulton Gas Works, uh, what, what the approval process is for that. And then is there any opportunity for us to give a credit or rebate to Richmond residents that are clients of Richmond Gas Utility versus our county customers just to help them offset you know the increases that we're proposing in addition to you know the increases from just the higher cost of those products which we my understanding is we have to pass those along to our customers correct it's not we cannot artificially keep the price of natural gas down thank you Thank you, Councilwoman Jordan. Um, Mr. Saunders, are you? Would you like to get back with us on these items? Yeah, I would say on the police vehicles, I would look for. I, I would need our fleet team and. Um, okay. And to, what about? On the gas utility, I mean, quite frankly, I'd, I'd defer to the city attorney on, on what we legally can or can't do regarding to our customers. I will say though that, um, you know, our our. Return from our gas chili is down eight million this year from prior years as far as what the what what its pilot is to um, the the city of Richmond. Um, I think the gas utility is still you know uh, rebounding from um, COVID and the downturn. So um, you know we we would have to look at their capacity to do anything of that sort. Okay, so if you would. Um Mr. Saunders, just based on the questions. So first, again, I really do want to say thank you. The presentation was very comprehensive and addressed many of the priorities uh, that uh, have been conveyed to the administration. Um, in follow-up, uh, we'd like to make sure that there is a copy of the presentation that goes to all members. Um, Vice President Robertson will provide questions uh, to 
uh, our council chief of staff and to you. And if you could get those responses to us, then just following up for future presentations on as we've uh, uh, as was raised by Councilwoman Jordan, the $10 million for planning, the police fleet uh, purchase, the uh, gas utility costs, Fulton Gas Works move, et cetera, and any possibility relative to rebates uh, to Richmond uh, gas users. Okay. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Any final comments for us at this point? No, just thank you for the opportunity and look forward to um, working with with uh, Council um, on this to finalize this budget. So appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. With that, uh, we will move to the very next presentation, which will be by our superintendent, Jason Cameras, on Richmond Public Schools budget. Welcome, Mr. Cameras. Thank you, Madam President. It is a pleasure to be here with you and the council. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, and um, I am excited to begin. I'm going to see if I am able to share. If not, Ms. Reed, I just sent you an email. But let me try this. All right. Are you able to see this presentation? We yes, I see a very colorful uh, slide there. Yes, but it has disappeared. Madam President, I believe he has left the meeting. I think he may have inadvertently left. Okay, so we'll give him. Can you assist and maybe reach out into? Help him to reconnect and to get his uh, presentation up. I see that Ms. Hudasco has unmuted. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting at Ms. Hudasco's computer now. Can you see me or no? No. I'm sorry, we're having a little bit of a. We can. There now. we go. Okay, yes. fantastic. Welcome um, back. Thank you so much. My apologies, Ms. Reed. Uh, did you receive that document? No, I do not have it. Okay, I will uh, verbalize this um, and then happy to take any questions and of course follow up in, in great detail. Um, so I will um, try to summarize where we are with the RPS budget. I know there have been um, a lot of reports and a lot of numbers, so um, I would understand if anybody uh, needs a little bit of clarification. So again, happy to take any and all questions. In short, the budget that I proposed to the school board had $22 million in proposed new expenses. The lion's share of that, just shy of 12, just shy of 12 million, was for a 5% raise for teachers and all other staff. So again, a 22%, 22 million, excuse me, uh, proposed increase. The budget that the school board approved just a couple of weeks ago approved an increase of $16 million. So 6 million uh, below the initial proposal. And, <clears throat> and the mayor's proposed budget has a proposed increase of 15 million. So that brings it to uh, 7 million shy of my initial proposal, but just 1 million shy of what the school board approved. Uh, 
And so where we stand now is working through uh, how to make those uh, reductions to uh, meet the new target. I will be sharing uh, some drafts with the school board for their consideration um, at our upcoming meeting. Uh, I do want to note the school board also added several expenditures and made some cuts. Those largely impact our federal stimulus funds, um, but they do have a small impact on our operating budget. My estimation is that it increases about $2.5 million of expenses for our operating budget. Uh, so we would need to make some reductions to make space for those. So between uh, the reduction from uh, my initial proposal and then if you add in those additional expenses, we're really looking at about nine and a half million somewhere in that neighborhood um, from that high watermark of the 22 million. So we're working through a proposal on all of that for the board to consider and uh, to finalize. I know that was a lot to absorb. Happy to take any questions. I do want to note just before I do, um, the raise uh, is secure. Um, and with the 15 million that we are incredibly grateful uh, to the mayor for, we are able to fund the raise and fund the annual step increase for uh, most employees. That would take us to just under 15 million. But with that 15 million, uh, again, we are able to fully cover the raise and the step increase. Um, that would be about it, but those things would be covered. I also just want to note over the last five budget cycles, including this one, assuming the raise goes through, our average teacher pay has gone from $52,000 a year to $64,000 a year. Still a long way to go, but this is uh, one of the areas of progress we've made that I am most proud of, and uh, it is largely due to your generosity, the school board's commitment, and of course, investments from the state. So again, going from 52 to 64,000 a year, still have a long way to go to become um, the highest paid in, in Virginia, which is what we're shooting for, but uh, a very significant change over the last several years. With that, I'll pause and take any questions. I'm sorry, members, are there questions for Superintendent Cameras at this point? Vice President Robertson. Thank you, Madam Chair, and thank you, Mr. Superintendent, uh, for the work that you are doing to make sure that Richmond Public Schools, that Richmond City has the best public schools in the state of Virginia. Um, and certainly, if they aren't the best, they will be comparatively uh, the same as the best in the state. Um, it's extremely important that our children are well educated. Um, I'm concerned about um, where do you see, uh, based on the deficiencies that we know exist post-COVID and where our students are academically, and I know there are a lot of factors that impact that, and so when I say academically, I'm conscious and inclusive of all of those factors that impact that. Um, where 
where are we, where do you see us, where's the greatest impediment that we potentially is not funding that is going to be of what you would consider a major hindrance in us getting our children back to the um, academic achievements pre-COVID. And certainly we weren't pleased with all of those at that time, but certainly how do we get back to where we were and how it's good plans and finances to take them to the level we need to get them to. Thank you, Madam Vice President. Uh, as you and I have spoken about many times, I believe our ultimate path to success runs through reading, ensuring that every one of our kids, and particularly pre-K to third grade, um, we are making sure that kids get all the skills they need to read proficiently, such that by the time they finish the third grade with us, they are at or above grade level. That is a critical year because it's really when you transition from learning to read to reading to learn. And if you are not proficient, it hinders everything else that you do in school. That is why we've made a, a, a massive investment in reading through our federal stimulus dollars. Your question to me was, what is my concern? What do I think will the hindrance be? My concern is those dollars disappear in two years. And um, right now, we have no pathway to sustaining those investments. It has largely gone into reading specialists. Those are people who work, uh, or reading interventionists who work directly with children in small groups to provide support. You have to have a specialized certification to be an interventionist, as well as reading coaches, which work with our teachers help enhance their skills to support uh, our youngest readers, as well as what we call early intervention assistants. These are um, instructional assistants who serve as trained tutors, particularly in the area of literacy, which again helps us provide very small group and even sometimes one-on-one -on -one reading instruction. Um, a large percentage of those individuals that we've been able to add are all added on federal stimulus dollars. As I have said before, I think our work to climb out of COVID and go beyond in terms of student achievement is not a one-year process or a two-year process. I think it is a decade-long process at the minimum. And so identifying funding to maintain these investments, I believe, is one of the greatest challenges that we face right now. So I'd like to do a follow-up question, Madam Chair. Thank you, Mr. Superintendent. Yes. Um, I hear you saying this is a dec decade of investment that we need to make, um, but I have some questions I want specific answers to, if you were willing to provide those for me, not necessarily right now, but if you would get that information to me. I'm interested in knowing what is the dollar amount for the federal stimulus that's going to support your uh, reading initiatives, and you're correct, we have had this conversation from the very first time that we met. Um, and I'm grateful that it's still a priority of discussion. So what is this federal stimulus that will cover the initiatives that you've spoken to over the two years? What's the dollar amount of that? Um, what do you anticipate 
going past that two-year, what that budget amount will be to continue to keep that those initiatives in place. And I would assume that there are matrices that you have in place that you are measuring uh, the initiatives to determine how accurate or how effective they are in accomplishing a particular academic achievement that you are striving to reach. Um, and whether or not we could get a commitment from schools that with the continuation of the funding at the level or at the level that you're suggesting that may be needed beyond the two-year period of time, uh, I would love to see a 10-year plan. Um, and with what initiatives, what kind of budget, and what kind of outcome changes you expect the results would be if that was put in place. If you could prepare something like that for us, and this is not necessarily I don't need all of this necessary for this budget year, but it's certainly I think that it would be incumbent upon us, Madam President, to look at a long range strategy and plan for this for this type of uh, initiative and programming and would ask that not only council, but hopefully the school board would embrace a policy statement to this effect uh, is the reason why I'm asking for that. Um, okay. Secondly, um, Mr. Um, Superintendent, I, I'm interested in, uh, you said that we've done well in increasing the teacher salary from 52 to 64, but you are saying also that that is not, we still have not reached that level of funding that you would consider uh, competitive um, for teacher salaries in localities such that are similar and as Richmond is. Uh, so what would be, if it's not 64, what is it? Uh, Madam Vice President, thank you so much uh, for your comments and we will certainly work on that long-term plan for you. I did want to note uh, we've allocated about $50 million of our federal stimulus towards the reading uh, interventions, uh, just to give you a sense of the scope. Okay. As, for your, as for your second question, um, I do want to clarify, um, I do think we are now competitive okay. uh, with similar school systems in Virginia. What we are aiming to be is the highest paid in Virginia. Um, and so as long as they're going to be the highest performing uh, schools in the in the state, then yes, ma'am. That's, that's a fair deal. <laughs> okay. Other questions, <laughs> Councilwoman, uh, Vice President, did you have other? Uh, one other question, which I'm not sure it goes directly to the okay. student, This may be something for Mr. Saunders as well, and I'll make a note. Okay. Um, to put that on my questions to him as well. Okay. We created previously we had created a formula of sort uh, as it relates to the city's policy of making decisions on the appropriation of dollars to rich and public schools. Um, with that formula, both the school system and the city would have a pretty sound uh, knowledge just based on revenues and, and, the, and the formula that is used 
what's the availability of revenue on an annual basis for rich and public schools? Um, I want to revisit that with, with both schools and with the administration and council, because I think it's important that we look at that process and determine with the support of schools as to whether or not that formula, if we had that formula that was working today, would it have generated the $22 million? That sure. So I don't know, but okay. I want to revisit that from that perspective um, because I don't want us to continue to go back. I think we're going backwards a little bit this year as it relates to budget. When we are looking at a superintendent asking for 22, um, the school board asking for for 16, um, council responding basically with 15, and then we face an audience of teachers and everybody. I'm glad that we relieved the concern about whether or not the pay increase of teachers are going to be there. Um, but then we're dealing with a negotiation of between three different dollar amounts of budgeting or four. Uh, when I think if we agree to a formula that should address those that basic amount that um, or come pretty close to it, we may be dealing with a small deficit of a couple million dollars here or there, plus or minus, but Sure. Certainly not dealing with these kinds of numbers. Ten million dollars sure. is uh, is not a reasonable way that we can expect to know what we're doing with funding. And so I would ask that, and I'll put that in my list of questions to the thank you as well as to the chief of staff and right. uh, this uh, CAO. Thank you. Thank you, and uh, absolutely we'll look to revisit that uh, in the future as we have discussions uh, with the administration. Councilwoman Lambert. Thank you, Madam President, and thank you, Mr. Um, Superintendent Cameras, for that presentation. Very informative. And of course, um, I apologize. My uh, the third district council dog sees a squirrel. Um, but um, my question is, can you just give us an update as to where we are with the virtual academies? Um, I had the pleasure this morning of speaking to some wonderful third and fourth graders. Um, part of the virtual academy and explaining to them what my role is as city council. And I asked them if they knew who the superintendent was, and they did. They knew your name. And I also said to them if they wanted virtual academy to stay in place, they need to um, advocate to their school board rep. So you'll be getting quite a few emails. Um, but if you could just give me an update on where we are with that. Um, I know it's been a lot of discussion especially after we had the fire with Fox, parents complaining about virtual being from eight to 12. If you could just give us an update on where we are with that, that'd be great. Thank you. Yes, happy to uh, council member Lambert. Um, first, let me just say I'm incredibly grateful to the Richmond Virtual Academy and all the wonderful work that they have done this year. I think by and large families have been very pleased with the experience that they have had and it's been an incredible resource, particularly, of course, during the pandemic. As for the future of the program, I would love to be able to maintain it at its current capacity. Just to give you a sense, there are over 70 FTEs that currently serve the Richmond Virtual Academy um, at a cost of about $7 million. 
this is 100% funded with federal stimulus dollars as it was created as a response to COVID-19. As we look towards next year, the board's approved budget retains 30 FTEs, so a reduction of about 40. We are working on a scaled back program uh, for the board to consider, um, but that is where it stands at this time, a total of 30 FTEs. It will still be founded on federal stimulus dollars, which means we really will only be able to afford it for one more year. Thereafter, it would have to be funded with operating dollars. Um, and the only way to do that would again be more increases or more cuts. Thank you, Mr. Cameras. Councilwoman, I'm sorry, Councilwoman Jordan. Thank you so much, and thank you for, for being here today, Superintendent Cameras. Um, just staying on the topic of Virtual Academy, um, Councilmember Lambert and I both had the pleasure of, of reading at one of our uh, um, constituents' elementary schools and learned that you know some of the organizational requirements for Virtual Academy fall on the host school. So, um, you know, there, our understanding is that there's you know, an extra burden on staff in the front office of our schools to help with attendance, record keeping, um, et cetera. So in the, the budget for Virtual Academy, is there any opportunity to help fund, you know, additional support for keeping that going within the schools so that we're not, you know, further taxing our existing staff in the physical schools? Thank you. Thank you, Councilmember Jordan. Uh, the 30 positions is the sum total of what we currently have in the approved budget for the virtual academy. So we can certainly uh, propose some additional administrative uh, capacity in those 30 positions to assist with the items that you are referencing. Um, I do want to note, though, that means uh, a slightly lower um, student enrollment total. Obviously, if you swap out a teacher FTE for an administrative FTE, uh, that is the implication. But this is precisely the kind of thing that we're working through right now because we do want to make sure that the home schools um, do not have an added burden as a result of the virtual academy. I think one of the outstanding questions that we have to answer is whether the virtual academy is a program or a school. Um, I know that sounds like semantics, but it does have important um, implications for a host of matters, not the least of which is, is the item that you have referenced, Councilmember Jordan. If they're a school, then they would come off the books at all of the other schools and would be formally assigned to the virtual academy, and they would have staff to handle all of those kinds of activities. They would also be subject to accreditation and all the other accountability measures um, as the rest of our schools. So that's one of the important questions that we're grappling with. If they become a school, they do need significant um, investment in those core infrastructure pieces because they would be part of our state accountability system just like everybody else. So we're working through that. Thank you, uh, Superintendent Cameras. 
Um, Superintendent, I do not see any additional questions at this time. We know that there are, as you've indicated, additional uh, discussions and deliberations with the school board relative to budget, and so we look forward to receiving that update. Just based on this discussion, we would appreciate um, just the follow-up that was requested in terms of the continuation relative to the reading initiative that Vice President Robertson raised and, uh, you know, the possibility of long-range discussion of long-range strategy uh, at some point with that. Um, certainly, uh, your mention of being the highest paid in terms of teacher salary, you know, some future what that might look like and, you know, what our outcome measures would be. And then this last discussion relative to the virtual academy and all of the component parts that would need to be addressed there, whether it's administrative support, whether it's a program or if it's a school, et cetera. So we know that um, more to come in that regard, and we appreciate that. Um, any yes. final okay. comments or uh, yes. for us at this point. Madam President, um, I just want to make sure as a part of our summary that we are revisiting the formula that we would use as well uh, right. for future funding projections for the Chibubba schools. Yes, I have that as a last statement because we talked about, well, what you mentioned relative to that was really more of a discussion with the administration and council. So I was going to put that back out there, but uh, from that perspective. So I didn't lose it. It's on my list. But to um, um, engage the administration uh, in uh, a future conversation relative to the formula uh, for schools across the various categories of possible revenue. So, yes, Mr. Saunders, hopefully you're still on and I'll go on and put that on the list now. So, uh, Superintendent uh, uh, Cameras, any additional comments for us um, at this point? You're muted, uh, Superintendent. My apologies. No worries. Uh, just, just a word of gratitude. We are deeply appreciative of the Council's support over the last several years. Um, and so looking forward to continuing to partner with you and uh, crafting a budget that works for the city, for our kids, and, and for everyone here in Richmond. So thank you. Thank you. Superintendent, thank you for all of your efforts and your work um, to ensure that all of our children have uh, quality education and facilities throughout the city. So with that, um, Councilwoman Lambert did this. Yeah, this I just final. have one, one quick question. I know in our budget books, there wasn't the budget for the schools. Have you Absolutely. all sent that out just so we can have an updated budget book? Um, I know timing, the school board didn't vote on it last week, so I don't think it was in time for us to be in our budget book. That's so correct. Just wanted That's to know, are we was that sent out already? Because I just didn't get it. Um, no. I believe that what Superintendent Cameras has indicated, you will be meeting with school board to further deliberate on budget and to get a final approved budget. Would you please uh, state what that uh, will be? Yes, and Madam President. Um, the uh, the approved budget articulates the overall total number. Um, however, because it includes uh, some undefined cuts, we have to uh, spend some time working through exactly what those cuts will be. We intend to kick off that conversation uh, at our next school board meeting, which is on the 21st. And as soon as those are all 
uh, fully decided by the school board, then we will uh, quickly generate the updated budget book and send that over to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for raising that, uh, Councilwoman Lambert. And uh, again, uh, Superintendent Cameras, thank you for all of your work to date, um, again, to ensure that our kids have state-of-the-art academic facilities, et cetera, across the board. Um, thank you. Really look forward to our continued work together. Um, Mr. Saunders, I think you popped back up briefly, and I don't want to lose the item that uh, uh, Vice President raised, and I, I know it, you've registered in terms of our having a future conversation uh, about the formulas for schools and the various sources. So if you just put that on your to-do list at some later point, not today, clearly. Any comment at this point? Uh, thank you, Dr. Bill. Um, it's less a comment, more just a, a well, I guess it is a comment. The, um, I think it's an important conversation and one we need to have. I rang in the numbers last week. And since the start of Mayor Stoney's first term, um, city revenues have increased citywide by 15%, whereas city funding for schools has increased by 30%. Uh, so kind of to demonstrate the fact that, that we have been prioritizing school funding since uh, for the last, you know, five, now the sixth budget uh, in a row and, and look forward to continuing that commitment. I think there is certainly a way to build um, kind of a, and a formula that sets appropriate expectations as far as how, uh, as the city grows, school funding grows as well. Thank you. With that, members, I want to say thank you, everyone, for joining for this budget session. Um, we will be scheduling uh, for future sessions as well. With that, the agenda for this meeting is completed. Again, thank you, Mr. Saunders, and thank you, Superintendent uh, Cameras, and the uh, City Council's budget work session number two will now stand adjourned. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.